0: there and welcome to Pivotal Film. I'm Tom Nolan.
1: And I'm Mario Ponzio. It's the first episode of the 2024 films. We're recording this on Sunday, February 11th, the day of the Super Bowl. Are we allowed to say that because we don't profit off this podcast? um, I think we could say Super Bowl. I think we could say the Super Bowl. I think we could say Super Bowl. Who cares? Because I, I don't think we're paid... Are we going to get sent a cease and desist for this like, non-profit? That would be fucking non-profit? Awesome. Can we call it? non Yeah, we're a non-profit. <laughs> yeah, we're an arts and lit thing.
0: Um, are we going to make picks at the end of the episode?
1: No, who fucking cares? I, I really don't care. We're getting... Well, there, we are getting some trailers for the Super Bowl. I think we're getting a Deadpool 3 trailer. I was having a conversation um, with somebody at the library the other day, and they were like, oh, are
0: you excited for the Super Bowl? And I was just like, I guess I'm just excited to see like what three minutes of some movies that I've been looking forward to and, and seeing you know what those are
1: yeah so The Quiet Place is going to do their trailer again uh, if he's going to have a new trailer that's cool so John Krasinski's fingerprints are all smattered over the Super Bowl this year I think what
0: we're learning is that John Krasinski's fingerprints are smattered all over all of our lives forever
1: that's true people are worried about Taylor Swift and they should be worried about,
0: about, Krasinski. Krasinski. about Krasinski
1: big Krasinski yeah. John is going to be at the Oscars just sitting there, yeah. Just sitting one there. of these days, he might win one. God, for like, he's def I think he'll win one for producer at he some point. He probably will. Yeah. You know what? Whatever. I'm not too upset about that. It's, That's nice. it's fine.
0: I feel like you're a bigger person than me. I'm not just, just like necessarily chilling down my spine thinking about John Krasinski winning, winning major film awards.
1: I mean, There's there's other like people in Hollywood I'd prefer not to get Oscars before him. It's yeah. like James Corden. If John oh, Krasinski yeah. has to win an Oscar, so sure. James Corden doesn't win an Oscar, I'm fine with that. But what if John Krasinski wins an Oscar before Paul Thomas Anderson? I mean, 3-6 Mafia won before Scorsese, right? <laughs> That's and true. Then- so they'll probably make a joke about John Krasinski winning, and then Paul Thomas Anderson will win the next year. Mm. A little side before we get into the movies today. Sure. See, you watch the A.O. Edaberry SNL. I did, yeah. Week. Yeah, you know, she was talking about, like, um, she had that sketch where where was like, why'd you say that? Did you yeah. watch that? when yeah, you said? Yeah. And she, like, talked about the J-Lo thing, which, like, whatever. Uh-huh. Because, like, J-Lo sucks anyway. Um, speaking of, which is you ever, you ever think if somehow, through happenstance, we ever became famous? Do you think people would dig up stuff Reeves said in this podcast and, like, try to be like, oh, why'd you criticize that person? Yeah. It's true. It's interesting, because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I think I have this entire time, because I've been very careful every time to like add in a positive. Oh. I try I was thinking, I was like, I think I compliment sandwich most people. Well, not James Corden, just sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, if <yeah>, if Um <laughs> if I'm gonna get canceled from being famous for mocking James Corden, they don't they don't deserve me.
0: I yet. actually don't think that would happen. They'd be like, and then he made some comments about James Corden, which nobody cares about. Um a, no, I actually it's funny that you said that. I, I do have moments where I occasionally I'm just like, oh, you shouldn't be so hard on... It. I, so I'm li- I'll listen to another movie podcast, and I'll be like, just say it fucking sucks. Like, just say that that person can't act. Just say that, like, it's mm-hmm. poorly directed and all this other stuff. Because that's what I say here all the time. And I was like, oh, but they probably have to talk to these people, and they have to interact with them. So they have to talk about them um, with a little bit of caution and some tact that, like, we don't have yeah. to from up here on our, like, the
1: 120th floor of our tower. We don't have to talk about people that way. Or I don't, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because, like, I, I was thinking about that. And it's it's something where, like, I try just for the sake of if some random chance one of those people listened to it, I'm like, oh, like, oh this movie was an abject failure. You know, but, like, I never try to go like this person, unless, like, I could cancel them, obviously. Right. Like, they've been cancelled already mm-hmm. um for heinous things like they Trevor Bowered themselves. Um I always try to say like this doesn't you know this is fucking awful. Because I would wish if I made something awful, which I probably would, people would say like that was fucking awful. So I could like be improved. Well, I'm not gonna say like this person is, is a failure. Blah blah blah. I'll say like their project that they created right and they probably love that's a failure. But I'm not gonna say like that person is a failure. Yeah, I don't
0: like, you know, Argyle is taking a hit I'm not going to go see Argyle when it comes on Apple TV. I will probably watch the first, like, 20 minutes of it just to to see what's up. At no point am I going to be like, Matthew Vaughn is, like, a terrible person who deserves to, like, you know. Be ejected from Hollywood. Exactly. I would just be like, that didn't work, Matthew Vaughn.
1: I just asked why they didn't make it R rated. No big deal there. I would have seen it in theaters had it been R rated. Even with the negative Well, fears. I was having, you what know, it's, are you it's, doing? it's funny. I was
0: having this conversation this morning. I think Apple thought they were going to make a lot of money off that movie. Apple thinks they're going to make a lot of money off of all these movies, and they're just <laughs> not. But we were talking, I watched Nimona, finally, the um, Netflix animated movie that's nominated for an Oscar of Best Animated Feature, and it's great and then um, my son was reading the comic of that the movie is based off of and I w- went on like a rant about how much I like disliked the comic and then I felt really guilty afterwards because I was like I someone worked really hard on that and like it just doesn't it's when you, when you compare those two things you're like oh these people made choices and then the author of the comic made choices and like they're different choices and they're like serving different masters and they're totally different things but I liked one and I didn't like the other one so she probably probably did not deserve like all the like the so the rage that I was like why is Nimona just here like she yeah. can't just be here this doesn't make any sense
1: yeah and I I think I think that's fine I I do think like calling out projects mm. and saying those are bad is, is perfectly reasonable like to say Maestro is a piece of fucking garbage outside of like Carrie its makeup. For me, I think it's fine, because yeah. I've in the past have said like, oh, Bradley Cooper spun in this, or Bradley Cooper works in this, you know.
0: Well, it's weird. it'd be different if you were just like Maestro's garbage, and I was like, tell me more,
1: Mario, and you're just like, I don't know. It just is bad. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine in just like general conversation, but like, when we're doing what we're doing here. Right. Like, if, you have, if you're able to like, surmise your opinions on it, it right. at least and, makes sense.
0: And not just being like, thumbs down. And See you next later. Next movie, <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be that be that be a good. One. We should do that sometime. we do just, just two minute podcast. Just thumbs, a two up, minute, thumbs in. Just at the end of the year, next year, like all the movies we don't review, and just be like bad, good, fine. <laughs> we don't do categories. We just like put them in categories of good and bad.
0: Yeah. These are the most good
1: movies. <laughs> Here are the most bad. Well, Tom, though, like I said, we're in twenty twenty four. We are. I've seen three movies in 2024, and we're going to talk about two of them today. Mm. One, we won't talk about self-reliance, which is, which is fun. It, 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 oh, yeah, 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 the Jake uh, Johnson movie. Jake Johnson yeah. shows a lot of promise as a director. I don't think it necessarily completely works. Mm-hmm. Kind of loses itself in its third act. But he shows a lot of promise uh, from a vision standpoint and from his ability to kind of craft a film that builds tension at the right moment. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see what he does with uh, horror Hmm. Which is kind of the cliche thing to say now about it. any comedy a star that kind of transitions yeah. into filmmaking. But really, those two things are very similar and I just, all require timing. I think all those people grew up watching a lot of horror. Yeah, and, and I, I, it's, yeah. They're, they're bedfellows, right? Yeah. Like, both of them are timing. However, uh, the two films we will talk about today, uh, one of them I kind of gave a little preview of my opinion of... Uh, during the podcast last time but the first one is the Netflix Orion in the Dark Orion I'm gonna get you to overcome your fears if it kills me whoa my job is the most fundamental I show up every night and I bring it bring what dark and it's probably the most important job too because without darkness the others don't get to do their bit. wait there's more there's sleep don't worry, she's a professional. <laughs> They're sweet dreams. Quiet. Unexplained noises. And of course, insomnia. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm getting fired. Huh? This is so messed up! Good morning, everybody! Who
0: is he? White. He's Dax's nemesis.
1: Every day I bring brightness and hope to the world, and you bring the exact opposite. Uh, whatever. You really think you can fix everything I'm afraid of in one night? One night can change everything. Now, come on, everyone. We have work to do. What if he freaks out and the fabric of the universe is permanently altered? That's a thing that can happen? Eh, seems unlikely. Orion and the Dark, only on Netflix, February 2nd. Uh, Orion and the Dark is the debut film of Sean Karmatz. Not familiar with anything else he's done um, at all. Didn't look it up. And was written, at least originally, uh, from a, I believe, a 2016 screenplay from Charlie Kaufman. I don't know if he did the edits and pass through. He worked
0: on uh, Penguins of Madagascar, The Angry Birds Movie 2, Trolls, Holiday, and Harmony. Was he like an art
1: director of something, some he sort, he I guess?
0: directed Angry Birds 2. Well,
1: he didn't direct it, because this is a feature. This is a feature debut, movie. so yeah, he did something on those. But this is based upon a children's book by Emma Yarlit. I don't know if you're chi- you're familiar Nope. the children's book... Uh, children would have been around the right age I guess for, for it. For sure yeah just <clears throat> and it tells the, the it is a film about Orion uh, who is an 11-year-old boy who is basically a middle-aged Jewish nervous Jewish man bundled bundle of nerves who is terrified of everything he is he is frightened of of death and the possibilities of death that could come in any way mm-hmm. he also contemplates heavily death uh, in the most probably Charlie Kaufman moment he surmises, has an 11-year-old, that he believes death is, is just the absence of anything um, and can't even conceptualize any, nothing existing. And it's a nice little internal monologue that happens there. I thought that
0: was pretty good because I was wondering when they were going to get to the parts about the, like, how they were going to get from like there to like, the dark. And it went into this whole big thing and then it like, ended at like, the dark being like, that, per, like, that personification of that, that feeling of, of death. Which I thought was, like...
1: Kind of cascades st- away from that. Pretty though.
0: smart. And then it go, you know then does other things.
1: Yeah, there's there definitely a pivot halfway through. Yeah. Uh, he is ultimately, though, most afraid of the dark. Um, where and he is terrified of the dark every night. He screams and hollers and is terrified. Uh, and it turns out that dark is uh, actually a anthropomorphized manifestation. Um, it is a Pixar... Inside Out sort of creation Mm -hmm. uh, voiced by Paul Walter Hauser, famous pro wrestler. Um, He's not a pro wrestler, is he? He has wrestled in charity matches, yes. Uh, And he decides that he's sick and tired of this kid um, being the one who's most loud and terrified of the dark and he is going to show him the kind of natural course of what darkness Mm -hmm. is and how darkness isn't necessarily evil. Um, along his journey, he also meets unexplained noises and dreams and sleep and insomnia. Quite, very, once again, very Pixar esque yeah, sort yeah. of things. Um, and, you know, he watches how those individuals interact during the dark. Uh, but while doing so, also disrupting their ability to successfully complete their tasks due to his own neuroses and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, though, he comes around he's no longer afraid of the dark and he starts turning that corner um and he informs the other senses basically the other parts of the night that they should enjoy the day you know that there's greatness in the light that you know they've always only been in the dark which Mm -hmm. is weird to say because i've definitely fallen asleep during the day multiple times
0: um i think insomnia probably starts during the day and daydreams Happened, and I hear unexplained they noises. All they, the time. they even
1: mentioned they even daydreams, yeah. um, and so they decide to go into the light. Um, good old Ike uh, Ike Barneholz Bar- 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 doing a weird Tom Hanks impersonation. Yeah, there with was with a... Colin Hanks being in the movie. That's it's like what a, I thought. It's like a it's Tom Hanks mixed with um, mixed with like a, a little Reynolds in there. Yeah, a yeah. Reynolds, yeah, yeah.
0: It was weird. I really thought because it was I knew it was Colin Hanks. And then when I heard something, I was like, is it Tom Hanks in this too? And then I was like, Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, it was interesting. What the
1: fuck? A little Craig T. Nelson, too, from The Incredibles. Just yeah. trying to, like, really, yeah. like... Like, real diaphragm voice acting there. Um, and so they abandon Dark and Dark now uh, with no friends, because he's ultimately suffering from a great deal of depression, because... Everyone's afraid of him. Yeah. I've gotten older. I've I preferred the dark to the day. I've gotten equilibrium with my relationship with the dark and the mm. day. Um, he decides basically to kill himself and allows the light to take over and make him cease to exist. Scorch and the earth. The earth is exactly <laughs> scorched. There is no darkness whatsoever. I was a little... I was very interested. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. know I'll get to this right now. I was very okay. interested in, in the initial sense of... Like there being no shadows and it just being blinding light, and then people were pulling down their blinds and it was dark. Uh-huh. I wish it was still too bright when they pulled down the shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, bo- it's a, it's a minor complaint, but I was really bothered by that. Like, oh, I just wish it was still bright. Um, and so they decide uh, that they have to go into Orion's dreams uh, to find the memory of dark and pull him back into life. Um, doing so is uh orion's future daughter hypicia um who is being told this story by an older orion go do her to her own fears in the dark so she travels into his dreams she's able to pull dark out orion's able to overcome his fears he's able to meet sally at this planetarium which he's afraid to do uh uh-huh. um, Somehow those two decide that they're just gonna stay together for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. which is fucking insane <laughs> and sad for both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they never got to like an experimental phase. They, well, there was a moment at the end. Like where one it of gets... them, one of them was definitely bi curious in college. Maybe, maybe I mean, well, they had maybe they had an open relationship. He, um, at Hopefully. the end,
0: he kind of he said he says like she's like oh can I sit here and he's like absolutely. And it was like they had never met each other before or they oh, hadn't seen each other and like. In, like, 20 oh, years. Oh, really? Of,
1: the, it was very, I don't, like, I don't awkward. Know, I don't know if it was because I watched this while high. I was like, they're going to fuck on that <laughs> that that rocking seat. That's how, that swing. I was like, they're, like, that. Orion seemed like he's like, you can sit here. Yeah, after he, he
0: after he figured out his fear of the dark, he was like, I'm going to get after it. Yeah. That's what I'm
1: going to do now. Exactly. Um, we, we then learned that it's actually Hypecia as an old bit, as we're, you know, yeah. intonating right now. Intimating. Um, Hypesha tells this story to her son because she's stuck in the past uh, 20 years early. And then son says, like, oh, and Tycho is able to pull her with his time machine, which is a weird little whatever. Um, Tycho goes to bed. Orion and share Saris moment. And then Orion and uh, Sally kind of sit there looking into the beautiful night sky because Dark is there and Dark mm-hmm. is always with them. Um, and then we flash back to when they are sitting together at the planetarium. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no, I, I I despite my minor quibbles, I found it to be a perfectly enjoyable saccharin sort of film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um nothing that ever punches you in the gut at any point. I was really hoping for that. Mm-hmm. Cause it definitely veers towards that early on. Yeah. Like when we were dealing with his anxiety and, <laughs> and then sorry. His um Talk of like existential dread has an eleven year old. I was hoping for some like good, de- and then when Dark basically kills allows himself to die, and yeah, like, yeah. commits suicide halfway through the film, I was expecting a little bit of a dark downturn when it goes into his deep anxiety into his dream,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that just it doesn't happen. It's very surface level mm-hmm. and safe, um, but it's not enough for me to like really criticize it. Mm-hmm. I think from a production standpoint. Uh, especially for a first-time direction, it has—it's interesting to look at. Yeah. It does take some—not really risks—but it has some interesting ideas in terms of the hand drawings, kind of, you know, um, infiltrating the three uh, D models, kind mm-hmm. of exactly when you know he's being sucked into that deep abyss. Yeah, and you see the hand-drawn bees and everything kind of gets sucked as, sucked into it as well. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's 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 pleasant to look at. Um, from a voice acting standpoint, I think. Everyone kind of hits what they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's weird that Angela Bassett is dreams.
1: Yeah, it was, it was that was weird casting. Jacob Tremblay is, gonna, is still showing like a ton of promise for like what he's gonna do. I, know, I feel really Angela. bad
0: for Jacob Tremblay because he just can't seem to land like it's like a juicy part. I don't actually know even know how old he is anymore.
1: He's got to be like twelve to thirteen now.
0: He's seventeen.
1: What oh, was he really? Yeah. So he's still not <coughs> getting like. I guess that makes sense. I thought he was like. Because he had to be like 10 when he did Room. Yeah. Well, which I thought he was like 5 when he did Room. No, would. It... Um, um, yeah, because the most juicy thing he's done, well, besides Room, and even then he was, you know, that's, so he's 17 now, so he was 8 when he did that. But what, the, the small bit in Doctor Sleep? He gets fucking murdered in Doctor Sleep. No, I mean, I like, mean he does not really. He's the. Most interesting. It's, horror. Part. I mean, it's Yeah, it's horrifying. Okay. I mean,
0: but like Noah Jupe is 18 and he did. Which Noah Jupe? He's the kid that was um, young Shia LaBeouf in Honey Boy. Okay. But then he's also like the young Donnie Emerson in, in um, Dreamin' Wild. Um, he, he, he gets like adult parts, you know what I mean? And exactly. he's not an adult, but they're like, they're meaty and they're juicy. And Jacob Tremblay just hasn't been able to transition into kind of like that type of part he's just stuck being the voice of flounder and like this kid in this movie that like is on netflix which is which is good i mean i think it was a it's a fine movie i just kind of you know after room and stuff you kind of hope that he people would be like oh this kid can this kid's got the goods
1: and he does yeah exactly it's it's interesting um but besides that no i i think it's i think it's a perfectly fun it's it's tight it's I think it says it's 93 minutes but it's gotta be what the actual film's 85 or so minutes long Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have any sort of wasted breath or wasted space it has those good callbacks good moments of Charlie Kaufman jokes doesn't necessarily translate fully into a Kaufman experience but Mm -hmm. um I laughed heartily at the Saul Bass titles by joke when Dark shows his uh film and Werner Herzog <laughs> thing, yeah, the the narrator. thing is great which was not in the original script the salt, the salt bass thing was but oh really yeah um,
0: yeah. I mean I like that I liked it I thought it was fine again uh, the first half hour Your kids really liked it their, they did yeah yeah it. they uh, and um, he kind of connected with some of the anxiety stuff um, from being like, a 10 year old and just like having too much to think about and so I mean as it got darker he didn't think about that stuff um, but he you know, like laughed it was funny it was it seemed like it could have been really dark, like you said, um, and it just kind of avoided like doing really dark things. I thought one of the the my favorite gag was um, how sleep put people to sleep. <clears> that it would smother people with a pillow or a a sleep, baby. the sleep the sleep sledgehammer with a chloroform. Was like all that stuff in like the kissing. He kisses them good night and like all that the animation and stuff is, is is great. It was which in that stuff seemed very that stuff seemed very Charlie Kaufman, like it's like really dark. Like if you're watching it, like appropriate, yes, yeah. <laughs> like sl- sleep smothering people with a pillow. Um, but it just kind of never, it didn't stay there. I I kind of wanted it to stay there. I kind of wanted it to be something like special, but it ended up just being like a B version of Inside Out, um, which yeah, I, in a little more interesting way, I liked the idea that he was interacting with anthropomorphized themes a la like um neil gaiman's sandman comics and not like inside out where the the anthropomorphized feelings are representative of the character so i like that um orion had his own character and he was interacting with these other things and they were informing his actual character because um you just thought of inside out the whole time and, and like the riley character is really just like performing the feelings that her feelings are having you know what i mean yeah, she's, so not she's not, not her own person yeah. so yeah. It, 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 uh, this movie's like a slight twist on that stuff but it was you know it, was, it didn't go hard enough it did the, the weird like three timeline thing at the end and that felt very charlie kaufman-esque yeah like, it felt, it felt charlie kaufman-esque
1: but also felt like loose like a loose way of tying it up but yeah it, it was like it did feel like it wrote itself in a slightly into a corner near the end. Not necessarily into a corner, I want to say. Fuck yeah, man! We, it, slightly into a corner, and then, but in a coffin way, just going like, "Fuck it, I'll just, I'll just say, I'm. This is how you get out of it, and that's you'll accept it, we, and uh, kind of like you do. You're just like, okay, fine, whatever.
0: Sure. And but you're. We stopped it at like um, after an hour because we had to go to bed, and um, just you smother your children? Yeah, the I smothered them to sleep. and sm- <laughs> I smashed through the hammers <laughs> of sleep. Um. We were both just like, what happens... We, like, noticed when we stopped it that it ended at... There was, like, another half hour left, and we were just like... It was right after Sleep Kills Himself. We are just like, well, now what happens? Dark Kills Himself, yeah. Dark yeah. Kills Himself. We are like, well, what the fuck is going to happen now?
1: Sleep Killing Himself would make for a really interesting film. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts Himself to Sleep Forever. That's actually a plot of a movie, wasn't it? No, a show. No, really. People can't sleep anymore. I forgot what that was. Um, is it like a Black Mirror thing, or...? No, it was an actual, like, small short series oh, okay. or something like that. Um...
0: Yeah, it, it, um, we we were just like, well, how? What is it going to happen for the next half hour? And then it turns out like they go into his dream, and then they do the the time stuff. Um, and that doesn't eat up like that much time. But you're right. It, it painted. It got rid of dark pretty early on in the in the production. Then had to get him back. I think your point is really interesting. If we're nitpicking, um, the idea that like the only place that dark is is in. Orion's mind except for when people pull the shades down and it's dark in there.
1: Yeah, which was it's fine, but it's just like it was something to where like visually it would have been interesting to see them pull down the shades and it'd still be too bright.
0: mm, Yeah. I bet Charlie Kaufman had taken care of that in his original script.
1: I don't I didn't get fully through the script. There was no I kind of scanned it. There was no like logical fallacies at all. It all worked it all worked seamlessly. Absolutely. And if it didn't he just explained it ten pages later that that was the purpose of it. Jesse Clemens would come in and sing a song about it. But, yeah, ultimately I think it's it's a fine way of spending yeah, it's good. 90 minutes. But just don't go into it seeing a Charlie, Charlie Kaufman road and expect something transcendent. Right. It's um, um it's it's resonating cuz people are watching it. It's stuck. Yeah, but it's not going to resonate. I don't think it's going to resonate with anybody.
0: No, and it's coming out so early. They kind of dumped it here like right after like Oscar nomination season, so which makes me feel bad because it's like this movie has like fifth best yeah. animated feature like written all over it, but I assume it's going to get buried like throughout the year and kind of be forgotten.
1: But it is it depends, interesting. It depends on how the film, these films do. I suppose. Kung Fu Panda 4 and Inside Out 2 are generating a lot of hope in my body. Kung Fu, no Kung we don't Fu. even know if Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out.
0: It will not come out, no. There's no way.
1: Yeah, I, probably next summer. I had thought they
0: had made it already, and they were like just splitting them up, but they hadn't made it at all, so, um, you know. There it is. Had they not? I thought they had done it, but just hadn't done the voice I acting. I guess anymore. they just hadn't done anything. Well, that's what Jake Johnson's like. I don't even know if I'm in it. And it's like, how do you mean? Hmm. How do you? He's like, if they call me, I'll do it. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And
1: that kind of sounds like actor speak. For like, but they why? They perfectly know what they're doing. I guess so. It just doesn't whatever. make any sense. Whatever. I'm not going to worry myself about that sort of nonsense. How
0: would if this next movie have been different if it featured Jake Johnson? Uh,
1: it depends on how
0: his would German, he. How's his German? Would he just have been Jake Johnson, or would he have been a character, Jake Johnson playing a character?
1: Well, I think if Glazer had put him in the movie, he just would have been at the museum while it's cleaning. Have been like, oh, sorry. <laughs> what are you so, doing? Don't don't mean to step over. Oh, Jesus! This place not open yet. um
0: We're starting this. So many shoes. I think we're starting this part of the podcast with a lot of jokes. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Glazer's zone of interest.
1: Ja, die Azaleen da. Hier gibt es auch Gemüse. Ein bisschen Kräuter, auch Rosmarin. Hier ist rote Beete. Und das ist Fenchel. Die Sorgen Blumen hier. hier ist der Kohlrabi. Die Kinder essen nicht viel
0: Kohlrabi. Die herrliche Zeit, die wir im Gastlichen Hause verlebten, wird immer mit zu unseren schönsten Urlaubländern
1: gehören. Im Osten steht unser Morgen. diesen Dank für eure nationalsozialistische Gastfreundschaft.
0: Hoss is the uh, uh, commandant. Commandant, I guess. Commandant, so he's yeah. running Auschwitz, um, 1943, um, during World War II. Uh, the commandant's house is literally attached to Auschwitz. The wall, the, the yards, fence of the fence of their garden is the wall of the wall of the camp that they're trying to, uh, you know, obscure with some vines and some plants. Uh, his wife, um, Hedwig. I think is her name yes Uh, played by Sandra Hewler no angry itch what
1: no angry itch this time
0: no yeah no angry itch Um, I was just listening to that the soundtrack the other day it's pretty good I don't like Neil Patrick Harris but Mm. I do like James Cameron Mitchell so you know take the good with the bad I guess you do do. Um, and they're living uh, they're living their best life uh, they kids, they've got a bunch of kids and they're all super happy. They have a bunch of friends. They've got, uh, drop offs happening regularly, uh, of goods that are stolen from prisoners from the camps. Nice stuff jewelry and coats and clothes.
1: And the prisoners are tending their garden.
0: Prisoners are tending their garden. They are, um, uh, distributing ashes over, uh, over the garden to keep everything fertile. Um, for a long time, I mean, this is what the movie is. I mean, I've heard it. I've, unfortunately, for me, um, I wasn't able to kind of stay fully away from reviews and, and things because it was just kind of like I was deeply interested in this movie and it was a really long time before I got to see it. And like everybody's 10
1: best came out and like they had stuff. So I've. It's, not, it's nominated for like the three biggest. It's nominated Oscars. for everything, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I haven't it's been. It's only nominated to... for five Oscars. Right. But... It's nominated for the three biggest. So I've been able to avoid in five, it totally in a five best picture year. It's it was it would have been nominated. Mm.
0: Um, and then uh, Rudolph gets word that he's going to be transferred. He's going to be become um, the inspector of the whole Nazi concentration camp uh, program uh, as they kind of ramp up into the Final Solution. Um, presumably, I mean, we see there's a moment. For the Hungarians, in, right? The there's Hungarian a moment solution. where he. Um, is uh, having an interview with like an engineer about these new um, uh, crematoriums that they want to build that would like kill people more efficiently and allow them to clean and kind of reload constantly.
1: Most interesting scene in the film for me.
0: Yeah, um, it was interesting, yeah. Um, And then uh, Hedwig um, freaks out and says like she doesn't want to leave so he goes um onto his next position on his own and leaves them there to tend um their house and that is you know, that's pretty much it there's a coda here i mean we're in we're always in spoiler territory here if you're just tuning in because you want to hear like a spoiler free take on zone of interest then i don't understand how you found us but like it's the <laughs> wrong <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the wrong podcast. They looked up Antkind and then saw our latest episode. Well, yeah, I mean, that's,
0: I mean, the, the, the Antkind thing I think is really interesting. And just to go back to Orion, We're because I wanted a
1: 2020
0: Oscar nomination discussion. Or... I did want to say, I did want to mention this in the conversation about, uh, Orion was that like the early Orion stuff when he's freaking out anxiety wise, I was like, this is just Antkind. Like this kid just oh, becomes like the main character in fucking Antkind. Um there is a coda here where uh, it um, I mean not a coda necessarily because it's in the movie and there's a scene like a scene directly after it um, that takes place in like a modern in modern day auschwitz where there's uh people tending to um, uh, one of the crematoriums they're sweeping it out there's people polishing the uh, uh, cleaning the glass on the um, display of, of the shoes and um, and the and the canes and things um
1: then we get this sense that Rudolph is kind of like after he's retched over trying to expel whatever's inside of something, him, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like see, almost seeing into the future and seeing it a little bit. I mean, I think that I think we're gonna disagree
0: on this movie, um, which will make for a good conversation. Um, he walks down these stairs three times. We have no idea how like tall this building is, or like there's no reason that Jonathan Glazer gives us to think about like that we're in like a you know, a building with lots of floors or like no floors or like a few floors or whatever. He does the same track and walks down the same flight of stairs like a couple of times. And there's, um, they are, um, direct mirrors of each other, except that the last one is, is dark. The, after he retches he goes down one more lit flight of stairs and then another, um, unlit flight of stairs. Everything is production designed to, um, to say like, it's a kind of like endless, like cycle of, of things um, you know, with the squares and, like, you can... And the receding, like, squares into the distance and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you kind of teased it. I'm not... I'm definitely not, um... I'm curious. I'm, I'm like... Because we haven't talked about it, really. Like, you've mentioned a couple of things, like, about how you feel about it. I think it's, like, a masterpiece. Um, it's not my favorite movie. If I'm... If I were to lump it in, um, with my 2023 stuff, um and I want to talk about that too at the end, but we'll just talk about the movie first. Um, it definitely wouldn't have, it wouldn't be my favorite film. I think um, All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt is still my favorite film, but they're related. They're not unrelated. Um, they're both doing um, they're both doing similar work. There's a real con- there's a control here that isn't in All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt, and that's one of the things I appreciate about that movie versus this movie, um, that that movie feels very organic and created and stuff like that, and this movie is... So tight. Um I just I, I was maybe in the exact right headspace at eleven thirty on a Friday. Um Friday, Thursday. You uh, saw this
1: at did you see this at the same theater I saw it at? The Cinemarkin.
0: No, we, I saw it in Southbury in uh, Riverview. Okay. Um
1: with a with a whole bunch of people uh, at AMT theater at the mall, that theater sucks. <laughs> yeah, that theater is rough. Sorry, Greg. Um. <laughs> Not your fault, Greg. You can't control the screens. Yeah, yeah, just do it. Just you do can't it. control the fact that you're sitting a half a mile away from the screen. Just do it.
0: Different. Well, that, we talked about this. They, that theater existed, and then they built that theater when right at the tail end of old theaters, and then new theaters came in right after it, and they just ripped out all the old seats and put in new seats. So it's it doesn't feel like. It's supposed to feel. It yeah. feels just like incorrect. Everything kind of feels janky, and the seats are too far away, and they're also too big, and like the space is too. It's just weird. Um, but I dug it. I got right the fuck into it. I mean, the, so I, I, uh, my. So again, if I were to make my list, and I did a version of this is just like um, like for me, the moment that fucking kills me is when um. So there's these two moments where it switches to um it isn't it's a, it's a, it could be um like a heat um heat imaging but it's not played for it, there's no color it's the it's color is desaturated so it's just black and white so it's almost like a reverse black and white negative of the, the image um with the kind of glow of um heat imaging um the first time it does it, there there's a girl and she's got sacks full of apples and she's just sticking them into some dirt. Um, and then yeah, kind of like monochrome. Yeah. Kind of. And then the second time she does it, she's got a couple of sacks of pears, and she's putting them under um, shovels. And it's you kind of get a sense like, oh, she's like delivering these to the to the to the the Jewish workers who are working in the concentration camps or just outside the concentration camps. They're gonna they're going to pick up their shovels the next day and find these pears and they're going to eat these pears. And then she um, takes her, rides her bike home. That shot of her face, like as she's waiting for the German soldiers to walk by with like that pig right behind them is like still like super haunting. And then she goes home to where she's presumably hiding out with her family. But there's a suggestion in the film that like there's, even though um, Hedwig says there aren't Jews in the home, like she does have Jews clearly working in her home she says to one of her friends or one of the other like wives of one of the other like officers that like oh they're just girls from town but they're very clearly jewish so well they're they're prisoners i assume but they're not like like not necessarily but like it's this girl doesn't this girl's not anne frank that like pedals her bike out to the concentration camp pedals her bike home i don't know if they know it doesn't really matter but they're they're definitely hiding but they're not making like they're not hiding like in a closet, but they're not making it known that they're that they're there. But
1: she sits. The, she, it, what it, I found it, interesting too is the mother soon disappears like immediately after that. Hedwig's mother, mm. and there, I, I was trying to like figure out if there's some connection
0: there. Well, I think she's she. So I want to talk about this. We'll get to. We'll definitely get to it. Mark that now. But the the that whole sequence, and then which ends with the girl going into her home, and then it's the 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 heat. Um, the heat imaging thing goes away. That monochrome goes away when when she's inside and she plays this um, found piece of, of this piece of music that she's found, which is Joseph Wolf Sunbeams, and like, which is a poem, and then it, like it has the poem on the bottom of the screen while she plays this melody. It's fucking like murder. But one of the things I want, I'll transfer it and then I'll kick it. I'll kick it over to you. Is that one of the things that's been written about a lot about this um, uh, movie is is the sound design. Is that like in the background of the whole fucking movie there's people screaming and there's gunshots and like the thing that really kind of like stuck to me is this kind of grinding machinery that's happening like all the fucking time. Um, Presumably the furnaces. Just it could be any it could be anything it could be I think one of the one of the things that I got out of it is it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a real sound it could be this kind of like something that like this this ambient white noise that like this fucking earth ruining situation is kind of like causing type of thing so it's not really there but like everyone kind of feels it and so the mother so Hedwig's mother comes to visit her and she seems really proud but like things kind of keep she kind of keeps being distracted by the things that she's She's supposed to she's acting like a good German like asking if the Jewish woman that whose house she used to clean is on the other side of the wall at the camp but like things keep like distracting her she's clearly bothered by right it. and then they're burning people at, at night and she sees this, and she is, like, stricken. Like, clearly, like, this is, like... Be- and not not that she's gonna say something, she's not gonna do anything, she's not gonna lead a revolution, she's not gonna, like, change anything that she's doing. She's just not gonna stay. So I assume she, like, saw that shit, and was just like, like I gotta done. get the fuck out of here.
1: Because yeah. it's, um, it's her that's drinking heavily that night, right?
0: Yeah, she, like, pounds, like, a what? glass of wine or what? something. Oh, yeah. uh, no, it's
1: like vodka.
0: Oh, right, right. But it just, for me... This movie just, this movie just worked. The Mika Levy score, um, ha, like it's limited. It's in the very beginning and it's at the end and it's at that those those heat imaging moments. There's just like, and it's it's just you know this fucking beast there. Yeah, that was a good impersonation. But I there's think. all there's also Roo, Roo. these that moment where which that, I I agree with though. It's great. when There's a moment when they're focusing on the flowers and it just kind of bleeds to red and then there's that black shit that comes out of the right hand bottom corner and there's just a boop boop and it's just and then there's the um that cutaway image of like rudolph with the fucking swan and they're clearly going to kill this swan um or they're going to do something he's got a swan it just it's the direction it's just so it's it's been talked about as like an art piece and not necessarily like a like a, a commercial film um I totally get that. Like, I I totally jive with the idea that it's not um, necessarily something to
1: be. I think that's where we're going to disagree. Right.
0: So, uh, um, it is. It's something. Something else.
1: And that's. And I, I think that that's a good point to turn it over. Is is I do feel it's very. I don't feel it's commercial, but I do feel it's very approachable. I I I, I do agree I, with you with that. That's what upset me about it, in the sense that. You know, people have talked about the sound design, but I found the sound design to be... The first 40 minutes of this film, it's on the asides, the monochrome yeah. aspects. So are like, just talk about the gardens, or where she's talking initially to her mother, and she talks about, oh, I wonder who got... Like, I tried... I made a bid on the um, curtains. The curtains, yeah. Like, I was like, I am in. hmm But then, like, the sound design became... and And, and like, my favorite scene... Um, the scene where it's just two, three bureaucrats talking about an efficient, you know, a bureaucrat talking with two contractors yeah, yeah. about the most efficient way to burn bodies, mm-hmm. you know, um, in in the sense of it's a product being sold or an sure. idea being sold and not like, oh, this is a part of, you know, the extermination of the Jewish people. Um, <clears throat> I found that to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then... That sound design became so strong to me. It became so pronounced, hmm. and it, it turned from uh, this kind of idea of of this kind of bureaucrat living his life and being next to this horror into somebody who like deeply's tied to like the extermination of the Jewish people and like you know um, Hedwig kind of turns has that one line which is just I despise uh, where she's like a mustache twirling villain where she says, um, you know, I could spread your, ash. I could have your ashes spread across my garden. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. I, I, found that to be such a missed opportunity cause I, and that's what, I don't think this is a bad film. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it, there's something with under the skin where there's a lot of weird, abstract, obtuse things happening from a distance mm-hmm. with a sort of banality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very weird, gross, off-putting sort of things happening, but it's through this veil and this lens of just kind of, I don't want to say indifference, but through just mere observation. Well, I think and, when you have
0: the sci-fi element too, you can kind of, it's not, um, you, you can it's easier just to suspend, not suspend belief, because he's not asking you to suspend belief in anything of zone of interest, but that... That detachment is there because of the genre element. But
1: that's the thing. Because but I I look at this and I want to compare it directly to something like Night and Fog, Mm -hmm. like that that forty minute nineteen sixties documentary, which is is in its way just observing, very objectively, sort of the mounds of hair Mm -hmm. that they're collecting from the Jewish people to make you know clothing and stuff or whatever. Right. but it's it's there's a distance to it, and the distance is what makes it horrifying. Mm. Um, and I went into this in the first 40 minutes. I was like, oh, th- that's perfect. But, like, th- these people are living their kind of dull, boring lives mm-hmm. with this kind of ever present shadow of, you know, the one of the most horrific things in history happening. Um, and we get a few sparks of it. You know, with the conversation with the mother of like, oh, like we're going to directly reveal it. But then as the film kind of continues on, it becomes more of this kind of overarching shadow over it. and it's like, this is horrific. Um, and yeah, obviously, like there's been multiple films told about how horrific it is that have been in your face and that are needed. But the <coughs> first 40 minutes of this film kind of intimates something that I'd hope it would end up being. And, it, 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 and, like, it's not necessarily an expectation thing. Like, I was let down because I expected something. Mm-hmm. Because I did expect something. I went into it, and it geared me that way for, a, for its first act and a half. Mm-hmm. And then it became a very kind of, like, normalized Holocaust film. Um, and I just, you know, you hear so much in the history about the Holocaust, about how we're just following orders, You know, and it was just a part of what we were supposed to, meant to do, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And this film does that, and then it just turns into, like... It almost felt like Glazer had this, like, sense of, like, oh, I need to actually, like... I can't just make a movie that's about, like, these people living their lives and tending their garden next to, you know, the most infamous concentration camp, you know, during the World War II. Yeah. And he had to make it a more prominent, you know, aspect of the Hungarian genocide. Um... There's kind of, like, that that line... Like, there, there's so many things that happen that in this film that, like, bothered me because they, they're just telling the audience exactly what I know from just watching what Glazer's putting on the screen. Mm. When he's looking during the party at that big ballroom and just looking around, I'm like, oh. He's trying to see how he could perfectly gas it. Like, he's... he's I not know... Like, I... that's his job. Like, he's, like, that's what he's doing. The way he's looking down at the people, he feels like he's counting and he yeah. looks around. And then, like... Somebody asks him what you're doing. He's his like, wife, oh, I just, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, he's talking to his wife. Sorry. I'm just like, fuck, you don't have to explain that to me. I know that's what he was doing. Yeah. Like the bureaucracy and the, um, the the banality of it is what was interesting to me. And then that sound design becomes overwhelming. You hear the screams and the gunshots more. Um, I One those, of those sparks and those moments of like the river scene is great where he sees the ashes coming, because it's like, I I want those moments, like that's a a great, not a beautiful moment, that's a great moment, Mm -hmm. because I want those sparks of horror, like horror that's in your face, but the movie just becomes too much about like directly just another Holocaust film, and that's why I have such an issue with it, is because like it, it felt like it, it felt like it ended up playing it too safe in the end.
0: I think, I don't, I see what you mean, my counter to that, is that I think, and like you're
1: a fucking idiot. Yeah. I was really thinking about it. And I was,
0: <laughs> um, no, my counter to that is that I think what that... Because I felt the same thing. I didn't think gas chamber, but I did think like, oh, it's a mass of people. The sound is functioning largely how it functioned at the camp. He is clearly thinking of how he's... Like, he's clearly making that connection. Like, I could kill all of these people. And I probably, like should kill all of these people. Or I, and not because like he, not because he is gonna, again, not because he's gonna save like Jews, but because he's fucking sociopath. Like that's what his job
1: is, is killing. It's crazy. It's not even like a soci, it's a sociopath thing, but I I don't, I hate to say like I compare it to my own job, but it's like a bureaucrat Bureaucrat thing, thing, right. Where you're just kind of like, you just, you, you, there's so many times where like I'm approached by something outside of my job and somebody says something to me and I'm like, My brain just automatically goes to that function of like, this is how I do that, this is how I do that, this is how I do that. that." And my job's, you know, getting people on, getting elderly people on Medicaid. Right. So, like, no, but you know, I'd hope to say it's the opposite of that. But, like, that's just how the brain would function. And obviously, he's a sociopath because he's okay to accept into the idea. But that kind of like bureaucratic seeing something and being like, I could do this in this place was kind of just the bureaucrat's mindset. But
0: this is where I think it twist a little bit and this is less a movie about like a slice of life movie about like two people or a family living next to Auschwitz or even really like any specific instance of about the Holocaust it's for me it's more of a relationship movie. Mm-hmm. and he was confiding something when he was confiding a passion to his wife in that moment and she was just like
1: it's pretty late I gotta go to bed. Oh no, I love that. Like you know what I, I mean, Sandra Huller's fantastic. She's, she's great, yes. and that's and but it's interesting. And it that's is, I think where he's and when the, I don't want to say emasculated, but it's it's interesting to kind of like watch somebody. But that's when it comes trying to share a passion, right? right. Uh, trying to assert not necessarily an autonomy or like a you know like oh look at how great I am, but to share like. A weird passion of his which is insane to say but like you know it well, makes he sense. says
0: that he's very he's pleased as punch that he's going to be able to come home that he's like it's not working out yeah. with the other guy who's working at Auschwitz so he's going to come home and he's going to base his like you know the new phase of, of concentration camp is going to be based out of there and he's going to manage all that stuff and blah 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 and she just seems like very disinterested well that,
1: that's it's, it's nice to see yeah I guess what I'm saying and I do not to cut you off but just seeing something <laughs> he's proud in just like dismissed is, is absolutely is you and know, this, it's it's shot in front And this is
0: where the this is it's in this moment after he expresses that to her, where that he walks down the stairs and he kind of starts like retching. And I think the interesting thing about it's a I think this movie is more of a character study, not necessarily of Rudolf ha- Haas, the actual person, or his wife the actual person, but more of a character study of two like archetypes. And he is his archetype and there's a third archetype in it, which is the mother, is the third archetype, where uh, Hedwig Sandra Houler's character is is totally lost in like the fucking phantasmagoria of like the life that she's living. She's gone. She's like, fully nationalist. Like you said, yeah. like mustache twisted. But not even nationalist. She doesn't even care. She's a fucking capitalist. She just yeah, loves exactly. fucking yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the mother over here is like one of those people that seems like a coward, basically. Right, and she's very aware. Of, she's clearly like Jonathan Glazer makes it clear that she understands what's happening and is horrified by it. The Rudolf Haas character, again, for being a fucking monster, and so I'm not like I'm not like a, condoning anything he's doing. He's clearly like there's a couple of scenes, and that scene is one of them. That scene when he's smoking, where he is very aware of what he's doing. He is not lost in the fog of nationalism. He's not lost in
1: um, the bureaucracy of it. He's, he is making a choice. He's an intellectual. He's intellectualizing. Exactly. Right? He's making and, a choice, but trying to say, like, I'm doing this most efficiently and I'm the best person for the job. But, but,
0: but, is he, but he knows what he's doing most efficiently. You know what I mean? He's yeah, not, absolutely. It's not like
1: one of those things where he's just like, um, you know, I'm. I don't think he. And we get a sense. I mean, I think the way he's characterized, we get a sense he's a little off put by what he's doing. But also, I mean, not necessarily that he he's sad that he's killing a bunch of Jews, but the fact that he's off put by being the one responsible. For yeah, it's doing. It it's
0: though. a heavy maybe' not off put. He's aware of the burden of his existence. you know what I mean? But he also really he likes
1: it, but it's also really, but he likes it, like weighs on him. But he likes it. And that's the interesting thing. I, that's the. I mean, that's the. I, I, like I say, I give this film a lot. I think it's an incredibly well-made movie. I just think it was a missed opportunity because I, I feel though he likes it in the sense of not necessarily fulfilling the great destiny of the German people. He likes it because he's been given a tremendous amount of responsibility and as a high up in the right. his party. It's 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 has a, a bureaucrat. It's you know, and he's doing a good
0: job. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: like his fulfillment is the fact that like he's been given a task and he's doing it well and he feels he's the best one to do it and i i can empathize i mean it sounds horrifying to say that but i can Mm. empathize with it i'm not you know i'm I'm approaching this with my own prejudice but i empathize with that as a bureaucrat yeah like once again i help elderly people get Medicaid (laughs) no but just just in case anybody is wondering but like i empathize with like the kind of like even though like it's it you know whatever it is you're doing you find your own self-fulfilling sort of reward in doing the task
0: well i feel like this is like a super important conversation to have not in like a cultural way in the sense that like you know trying to like prove to pieces of garbage that like the holocaust happened or anything like that um but like i think this movie is being reducted into nothingness so they're just like that sound is incredible like Absolutely. end of conversation. Like that's the only thing people are. Sandra Hewler is a monster. <sniffs> done. We're well, fucking done. Like that's all the conversations I'm hearing is like the sound design is great and she's fantastic. She could have been a double nominee and now we're done talking about it. And even like like reviewers that I really respect kind of like lean like Richard Brody... Did you read the Richard Brody review? Wow. And he kind of really felt reviews he kind part. of felt a little bit like you, um, in the sense that like the sound he didn't some, he didn't love it. Right? He didn't like he. It's it's a weird review because like in the in. Again, it's hard with New Yorkers because the paragraphs are really short because the columns are really narrow. Um, that's what she said. In the first, the drink, <laughs> in the first, um, <laughs> the first part of the I made review, myself now. <laughs> that's good. Um, I just don't want to lose my train of thought. That's why Listen, I'm not appreciating it. it. In the first part of the review, he seems like he really likes it, and then at some point, he's kind of like, well, like the hammering of the sound all the time gets to just be kind of a lot, and it becomes like a crutch that he perceives the movie kind of, kind of leans on. And if you are and I get that, except for the fact that like I was so invested in like the characters, uh, absolutely that the sound, again, just it took on a kind of white noise, and so I guess my problem as a human watching this movie is that I I was not solely focused on like the horror, I was the the um, the craft and emotions of it I found overwhelming, and then the horror of. What like I was responding to, like under like undergirded all that stuff.
1: Yeah. you know what I mean. What I think, what I think's is interesting is, uh, for me, what could be the most horrific moment of the film is its ending, where that sort of banal indifference to what's going on is is replicated. Yes, you know, in in the fact that you know no no criticism of the people who are but they're sweeping are, it out who, fucking who oven. sweeping who are cleaning the thing yeah. and whatnot. You know, obviously. The people who are they're actually doing, doing that doing job. are right. doing their job. Right, they probably know. But it's preservation. But, it's all this yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yes. But but ultimately, like it's it's that kind of like ideation of the replication of the cycle and the fact that like what this represents and the things we're looking at, or you know, one of the greatest travesties in history. And I wanna right. say one of the greatest because you know there's so many other things that probably happened. Um, greatest travesty. It's probably equal to other travesties. Sure. Um, but the fact that being so separated from it, like Rudolph Haas was trying to be, or like the mother was trying to intimate, like, with what she was saying, trying to be, until it was, like, presented in their face, you know, it's being replicated again by just, you know, people just, you know, they, they've they swept that so many days, they've been there so many years... Sure. ...that they don't recognize that each pair of shoes was a person that, you know,
0: got... Did you ever go to the, the, um, the Great Hunger Museum? I, I, stay wa- I stay away
1: from that stuff, because... Gets me too depressed. I, sure. I, I think about that shit too often. And
0: all I want to say is that, like, there are museums are tricky things because it is impossible really to articulate the emotion and the what those people must have been going through by showing us well-curated pictures and, like, displays behind glass. Yeah. It's the best they can do. Night and Fog, I think, is, like, is insanely powerful because of the Best way... Best documentary ever made. But because of... It in multiple that year. But it also... It doesn't... It doesn't do the thing, though, that you... It, it still... is it's at, it, it exists at one end of the spectrum of these kinds of movies. So, like, Zone of Interest occupies now its own spectrum. Where it's basically be like, the Holocaust is right over there. It's liter- It's not like... We're not... We're not suggesting it we're not doing anything it's literally right over there and then like you know schindler's list or you know or even like show probably is like the best example of this where it's a, it's a documentary and
1: um there's other stuff the there's a whole host of shows is a weird one to bring into it because like because of its length it has so many it's doing so many things no but it's so many different it's times it's showing
0: us it's showing us like Directly. what
1: happened there's
0: a middle ground and actually show is like probably the perfect other example of this because it's like, you know, showing you exactly what happened. There's a middle ground that's been occupied by like Schindler's lists and all these other things that are like, I'm going to show you what the camps looked like, but I'm going to, I'm dramatizing it. You know what I mean? So one of the things that's always bummed me out about Schindler's list was remember the girl in the red coat? mm it's a whole movie in black and white except for this girl in the red coat. And you're just like, oh, it's you're directing it. You're making a movie about
1: like this. And it just it always kind of rubbed me. It just felt it, weird. It was interesting. At, I mean, back then it was interesting because it was so unique to right. do that. I, th- I mean, I think it's the first film to like really... That sort of thing, so sure. it made sense to not, humanize it. I'm not, criticizing, uh, but no, no, you. I agree. I agree, though. It like, especially so looking f- at it historically now, especially other films that have kind of borrowed from that, it feels so filmy. It seems yes, exactly. That's the exact word I was gonna say. It seems so filmy, and this movie is
0: even more filmy in some ways. But by by asking us to um, occupy this emotional space none of the people like who are perpetrating it and like what they what they must have thought but as viewers like wrestling with the notion of of how we frame and consider like the holocaust I'll just even say the holocaust specifically it's even it's just even more powerful i think and like the sound design I think is is kind of like the. Um, I don't even know what the what the word I want to use is. I mean, there's probably a German word to describe it, unfortunately. Some really long word that like doesn't exist in English, um, but it's this kind of it's. It is the. Like the subtext of this whole movie is subtext and the subtext is, actually exists you know what i mean hmm. like it's not like a subtext where like the subtext is suggested or you have to pick up these symbols and these motifs and then you can get the subtext like the subtext is there the entire the entire time yeah, and I, I just think... i just find it so i just find it so interesting and i also find it so like emotionally devastating like i was so i did
1: too i just i just felt like it was a framing device that became a part of the film and I like that's that's what kind of I really want to see was it off-putting again. to me. I, I want to see it again. I want to see again. it again. And I think one of the things that I found Because I really, do think I came in with some preconceived prejudices about what I was expecting.
0: I think I did too and I actually think the bitches that were like in the back row that were, were quipping about like the title cards were like actually helped me because it I I, I said I moved to the, I told you off air I moved to the second row so it was just like I put my seat all the way back which I never do I never put my seat up and I just was like engulfed in
1: it. Yeah, and I was, I was really far away and from it And it helped too, so. me
0: kind of just like focus on, focus on the energy and I'll say this and I've been thinking about this stuff a lot recently. I don't remember why. Um, maybe over the course of the evening if I remember it we'll have like an hour long conversation about it while we're pretending to watch football in
1: between like commercials for movies <laughs> yeah. we want to see. bomb um, trying to cook jalapeno poppers. Yeah, I just,
0: it was the first movie I'd seen I think since, High life, where I came out of the movie theater like a little, like I could saw the world a little different. Like everything seemed a little brighter. Like the noise outside seemed a little like subdued or heightened. But I was definitely more aware of like being in the world, mm. um, and that was that was a kind of major. That was a major thing for me, and that's how I kind of knew that. Like, I felt it when I was in there, but when I came out of it, I was like, oh, I was in.
1: Well, that's, I guess, I guess that's also like one of my issues with it. Um, you know, we should wrap up because it starts in eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Super Bowl, by the way, um, is like that, that first scene, uh, where they're near the water, mm-hmm. like, like they're swimming at the river or yeah, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get all that sound design and, and echoing sounds around it. And then when he's, you know, so you get that, that kind of, Overwhelming sound there, but then when he's um, at uh, where's he at uh, the basically the the meeting about the the place he goes the not camp but the place he goes to like discuss the Hungarian solution and yeah
0: Um, Orensberg or yeah, orens, or, I think it's Oranburg. I um, had, I
1: literally looked it up just for this Oran
0: or Orneburg or yeah, something. like
1: the sound like all that um, surrounding sound design just disappears. Mm. And I was a little disappointed by that. I kinda wish I kinda wish when you know, it, it presents it sets a tone that like sound is always gonna play a big role and then it kinda just only plays a big role when well, they're at the the house near Oswitz. My one
0: flaw in the movie not flaw, my one like thing in the movie is that the beast comes back a third time when he's there and he's like walking like, down, like that, like, you know, courtyard with mm. the Nazi flags in the background. And I don't 100% know what it is representing. It's, so it only, there, that part only happens. The beast? Like, the part, the, the, the score that's, like, oh, okay.
1: And it doesn't. Is, is that the song? Is that the title of it, or? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, it sounds that's like a beast. Okay, that that's what i am called it.
0: Um. Oh. It comes back again, but it doesn't switch to the heat imaging. It's just him walking down like a yeah. German avenue, just or wherever he is, just like you know, in the snow and with like the Nazi flags. I'm just like, I, I don't know what this. I don't necessarily I, I think, know I what this supposed, means. I think
1: it's supposed to say like the what they're doing. You know, is, is I
0: guess awful. so, but that. And I but guess again,
1: it feels it feels too filmy. It's it, that's too... feel that feels very obvious if that's the yeah. case.
0: Like, oh, the beast is here, and all. Those. And I could do I could do some work. I'm an English major. I could do the fucking work, and I can just say like. X, Y, and Z is happening that like there's no textual evidence that that's happening but like I could suggest things that's my one thing and I think that's, yeah and I, I think
1: that's I think that's mostly been my criticism about it, is like I feel like there's a lot of subtext that could have been left subtext that ends up being explained and mm. I I understand because I think it was in I think this film was probably important to Glazer that he like make the point he needs to say come across but having seen his previous work you know with stuff like birth or with stuff like under the skin where it's very detached and very removed i was hoping for that again Mm -hmm. and it starts out that way and then it just becomes textual instead of subtextual i think
0: you're i think you are um you're right i don't necessarily agree with you but i do sense and i did when i was watching it when they transferred primarily to that second location as like we're here now for like the duration of this movie i was just kind of like that's 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 a choice, like, and I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little, I'm a little less in it. Yeah. But then I got back into it because I, you know, of of things. But um, but
1: yeah. it nails the finale. Like I said, like with with showing the future or the present as it is. Yeah. Uh, and showing the kind of like reductionist, reductivist, I should say, um, way in which you know it's kind of viewed today. I think that works. It's just it's weird that
0: um you saw this at a a, a, a cinemark in Milford, Connecticut. It is. It just,
1: to, it's now playing. It's now it's, finally it's, playing at Westbrook Cinema. I am. I, is the, it, I guess the cinema I'll have to go to for now. It's we weird all that I
0: saw this at the theater that I saw it in actually because that theater primarily just shows like whatever the most popular movies would be to people in their seventies. Yeah. So it's like all these movies and then like Zone of Interest and part I, of me thinks seventy
1: think year olds are probably like like oh, we're Andy and I were the youngest people at this film by the way not to put words in Andy's mouth he did like it. Well, because I
0: you had mentioned, and we I forgot to ask about this while we were having a conversation. You when you guys were talking about it, like at the best of, you had intimated that he liked it more than you. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely somewhere in between us. Okay. So yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Um, we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some popcorn buckets. Are you into the popcorn bucket thing now, or do you want to kill yourself Dune also? Thing? And the Ghostbusters.
1: Oh, I don't. I didn't want to see the
0: Ghostbusters each thing. Ghostbusters thing, Mario. Each, the Dune, each theater
1: chain has their own Ghostbusters popcorn bucket. The Dune thing is a spark of genius for whoever did that. Yeah, because like they're gonna sell. They're it's sold out, I assume. People, they knew what they were doing. People are fucking morons. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. And I was like. Funny joke. Like, that That was clever. Whoever. I don't, I don't like to call people morons, but, like, you know, whatever. They, no. It's, it's tied into meme culture.
0: you and me are, that's why we're, like, good at this and why we're, like, different people is that, like, I read an article on my news feed. It came up by some guy who tried to pretend, like, I'm not participating in this Dune popcorn bucket thing at all. But I definitely drove to my local AMC and bought a popcorn bucket full of popcorn and walked out just so I could write a review testing out the popcorn bucket. And what it was like to eat popcorn out of it. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You just are—you are participating in it. Absolutely. Yes, you might not have like a oh, hundred Stanley water bottles, but you are part of this fucking bullshit I, culture. No, it's
1: like, that's like—that's what I said. It's—it's uh, it's something I say often. I what I can clear as a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. You know, it, wrestling is—is carny—is a carny business, and it's always about working a crowd, which is fine. I could see. It makes me a little more in tune to like when I'm being worked, and that was a case of you know they knew what the fuck they were doing. Sure, I I'm
0: Could've, imagining so. I,
1: whoever whoever came up with that design, uh, I do wonder though. He's, evil fuck. He's, he's he's a evil fuck. i call it evil. He's aware of fleshlights. Guy or woman who designed the Dune thing? Whoever what it is, is. What what, what what's, your, what's your favorite fleshlight? You can you can uh, email us at pivotalfilmpodcast at gmail.com. I mean, you, last time I've mentioned we like, haven't said that in a while, but like, I hope the guy who designed it does have a... But you know woman. that
0: that person, I, this is the thing, this is why I hate being part of the culture, because you know that person just came up with the idea and was just like, they brought it to a board meeting and they were like, people are going to post about this on TikTok, yeah, we're going to sell a million of these, and it's just like, so is, the, what does I it mean? So, but what nothing. does it mean?
1: It means nothing, but to me, like, as has a, has a very socialist-leaning person, yes. that, that's the one good parts of capitalism, are nonsense like this becoming popular... Because it's funny, it leads to like it, it's a good. So fun you can thing. laugh at them for. I'm not being... laughing at them. I'm I'm laughing at I'm not, I'm laughing at just like a job well done. Mm. It it was it was creative. It it's it is it is ult it, it was a great idea. It's creative though, like it. It is in a weird way. Would weird. you make popcorn out of it? No, because like the butter would get stuck on like the little tentacles. There. I think after that's actually that's my hand saying, in there a yeah. couple of times. Yeah, it made too much butter. Too much butter on my hand. Be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I want not buy any specialty popcorn. Yeah, why would though? I want like like butter up to my wrist? Yeah, no, at the exactly. End of that that's thing. that's the only reason I want to do it. And then once you well, take it off, I also want to do it because I wouldn't buy any specialty popcorn thing. Sure,
0: I always get a small popcorn. But once you take it off too, you're gonna take it off and you're like, oh, it's just a bucket. And so I now I have to put this back on and like carry it home and
1: <sighs> yeah, I don't know, whatever. Good job, guy. God damn it. We have a we have a football game to watch. All right, uh, uh, who? Anybody? Any thoughts? Uh Chiefs. Yeah, I'm like picking the Chiefs too.
0: Just okay. because I like dynasties. I like people the Herbert
1: the Frog here. <laughs> my Patrick Mahomes that's you no know, Travis Kelch. That's my Travis Kelch impersonation. <laughs> oh man. Alright, we'll see you guys later.